0: Hi, my name's Dan, I'm here with my good friend G, and this is the Wrong Football Podcast. And I am a terrible commissioner. Hello from the podcast with the most disorganized uh, dynasty league in the world.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling personally got at.
0: <laughs> That's not, I'm not getting at you, G. It's, just, <laughs> it's all of us. It's on all of us. Don't worry. How you, How you doing, mate? You okay?
1: Oh, yeah. It's just been... Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm good. Work's been busy. Um, yeah i'm learning the problem is you get to do the, to do the draft once a year and when you've got dynasty rules and taxi things and there's a slight bit on how the work, what site works it, it and and you're chasing across two time yeah. zones it can be a little bit or- difficult to get organized
0: a little bit a little bit we'll get there don't worry we'll get there there's still there's still a couple of weeks to go before the season starts we're okay
1: okay fair enough
0: how are you feeling about football <laughs>
1: Um, football's exciting and interesting. Um so yeah, that, that side of things going good. Um excellent. I- I've been finding it pre-season interesting, but I think we'll talk about that later. But yeah, it, it, it's, I feel like I'm getting into a swing of things. I'm seeing games. I'm beginning to get into, into. I'm already in sort of like my weekly routine for podcasting. So yeah. I need to do a little bit of prep work to get the picks competition ready and, and get us raring to go for, for a season of podcasting. But yeah, feeling good. How's How are you? Are you getting into the swing of things just in time to go on uh, a bye week?
0: Just, just in time. Yes. I, yeah, I am. I'm uh, yeah. I'm getting uh, getting getting into like you say, getting into the uh, into the routine again of uh, podcasting. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, we, we shall we shall crack on with the uh, with the news in uh, in this episode. what were We episode four of this series. We um, are indeed. Yeah. So um, the the uh, well, let's get this one out of the way first because I know this is this is, this might take up two thirds of the podcast if I let you
1: <laughs> pause for breath whilst Gavin gets um, grumpy. Is that yes, what you're trying to say? A little
0: bit. Yeah. <laughs> The um, Sean Watson. We talked about him last week and his uh, his his ban, which initially was six games, which was ludicrous uh, for the uh, for for the, for the allegations made against him. Um, it has been increased to eleven games, hasn't it?
1: Yes. Um, I, I think the other bits were um, the fine has been increased, so there is a five million dollar fine. Although, given the scale of the contract, it still feels like he's being rewarded for his past behaviour.
0: Yeah, it's it's a drop in the ocean, isn't it?
1: Yeah. The interesting thing about it is that there has been mandated counselling, which I believe he has to pass before he can be reinstated. And I'm very curious to see how that goes. Because we've had, you know, we questioned the sincerity of his apology last week. Yeah um he sort of you know immediate sort of like apologized and then he came out sort of like was said said that he was sorry for those that he triggered but also stood by his innocence so there is a pattern of here of behavior here and i feel like there is still a sense of entitlement and not an understanding that he actually did anything wrong and so i am very curious to see if the training that the league has negotiated um is actually something where more than rubber stamp exercise and so we run into run into problems and he and he, um, you know, gets held up or if we get a more, more sincere engagement with the process and understanding of what he did. And I, I feel like it's very much a watching brief. I've heard a few people say, I'm just glad it's over with and we have a thing and we can stop talking about it. Um, I'm not saying we talk about it every week, but I am not forgetting and I'm sure there are a lot of people who aren't because... <laughs> it might have gone away in terms of brand new headline making things but it doesn't solve the problem that a huge number of Browns fans I'm sure have and those of us around the league going this still feels like he hasn't you know got to grips with what he's done and it's all very well giving people a second chance but they need to earn that and to earn that they need to acknowledge what they've done and try and make amends
0: they do they do but it's I mean it's a it's it's a positive step that it's gone up to 11 games I don't I still don't, wouldn't say that that's enough, but especially, especially in comparison with what's been given out. Again, we used the we used the the uh, the example last week of the of the guy who was, was Calvin bet, Ridley, Calvin Ridley, who, whose name you remembered, uh, <laughs> who who bet one and a half thousand dollars, I think it was, on a, on, a, on a game or on a yeah. series of games, and, and got seventeen game banned. So. He he's gone for the season, whereas whereas Deshawn is only gone for eleven games. But we'll see. I, I didn't. I hadn't seen the uh, the bit about the the, the rehabilitation sort of uh, section of that uh, of that that inverted commas punishment. So we'll uh, yeah we'll keep it we'll keep an eye on it. Like you say, it's it's not going to go away, but it's uh, yeah probably not going to be an every week uh, every week thing going forward. <laughs> Luckily, um, indeed. Do you do you feel happy that you can move on from 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 there for now?
1: Yeah, for now, I think it's a watching brief, but yes, um, yeah. I, I don't. I, I don't feel like it's anything changing. One thing, actually, I should have okay. mentioned is that I think they settled on this agreement because six games gives him an accrued season, and I have a, and so his contract right. holds. So, so I think that that was an agreement between the NFL and the NFLPA okay. for those reasons, and that's yeah. what, that was a compromise that came to coming down from it. It still puts the ball in his court with the um you know, you know, with the league mandated um yeah. um counselling he has to go through. Yeah. Okay.
0: Well um, we'll move on to uh, the second piece of news this week. this is one that you uh, you highlighted to me and I thought was brilliant. Um the Bears kicko, Kiko, the, the Bears kicker, <laughs> uh Cairo Santos. Um he's been uh he in the off season he has taken to uh to practising on a poor quality soccer field, um, to get used to the, 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 the the poor quality pitch at soldier field. Um, that's genius, isn't it? I, I,
1: I I heard about this on a podcast and I had to send you like a news link because I knew this had you written all over it.
0: I I love kickers. Yeah. You know, you know me. (laughs)
1: So, um, yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, he's, apparently he's down in Florida just practicing in a local high school facility. Uh, but the problem with it is that he's, he's, he's realizes he's practicing on perfect um, astroturf and that's not what he gets. He's got like, you know, it's high school in America, so they've got a really nice 3G yeah. uh, uh, um, artificial field for him to work on, but that's not actually simulating what he gets at Soldier Field. So, yeah, he goes and finds a used um, soccer field, as they call it, over there for him yeah. to practice on so that he's, he's prepared for kicking at Soldier Field. In the season, and that, the moment I heard that, I thought I have to mention that to Dan because he's going to love it.
0: Do you know what? It, may, it makes sense. You know, the, if there's there's longer grass, it's gonna the 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 ball's gonna fly differently. It's gonna it's gonna take a slightly different. You know, there's gonna, there's gonna be minuscule effects on the ball that, uh, that it will need to overcome. So it yeah. makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah, I, I thought so. I thought
0: so. I think that's a yes. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's a very good idea. Um, we. The, the, we probably should uh, should mention as well Baker Mayfield. Uh, he's been named start of the uh, the Carolina Panthers uh, this this uh, this week. But there's a. Uh, there's do, do we think there is there is a, he said there's not a rivalry with Miles Garrett. What yeah. do you what do you reckon?
1: I, yeah, because it's separate. I th- I think if Baker has a problem with the Browns, it's with the front office, and 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 I feel like I would feel like this. And I'm sorry, I'm about to mention Watson again, but I feel like he he. he I think he, someone should have saved him from himself last season cuz I think he was hurting a team trying to play yeah. play through the injury. Yeah, he but was. the fa- if I was their quarterback and I'd been having conversations and struggling with my thing and they and that's who they start having discussions with, I'd be huge. You know, I was like, really, you want to get rid of me for that guy? So I think his problem is with the Browns front office. I don't think it's with the players. I think it's with that and how he was traded. And so, you know, I don't think that there'll be a problem between Garrett and Baker Mayfield, you know, or any of the Browns players other than maybe Watson. But uh, yeah, so I think we'll be fine for week one because he's not, because as Watson isn't playing. But yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to sort of see in headline that does sort of make sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we uh, move on to the season preview, it's Hard Knocks time. We'll have a uh, we'll have a look at uh, episode two of Hard Knocks, which was brought to you by, this, by the by uh, the the mantra Detroit versus everybody, and by the question: What do you call James Bond taking a bath? Bubble 07?
1: I mean, here's the thing: is that for, for, for uh, I have some comments, but I always feel like you're the one who's even more invested than I am in this. Um, witness the fact <laughs> that you've prepared those lines. So, is there any more that you want to roll with? Or I'm um, just
0: I'm just trying to think what uh, what what went through. So, um, there's a lot of. I mean, Rodrigo is Rod, Rodriguez is obviously the the the. I think he's the big story of the. Uh, of the season isn't it? there's always there's always somebody that they kind of pick on and focus on isn't there
1: yeah except the difference in this season is this isn't somebody in the bubble I'm you know no. this is someone that which the coaching staff are saying look this guy's a sixth round rookie and he's making all the plays and the adjustments that you want and so you know I'm trying desperately hard not to start him straight away and you're not giving me the reasons not to which was an yeah. interesting coaching discussion from the linebackers coach so yeah I, I, I think un, un, unlike the usual ones where we get introduced to the periphery of the roster and and, and the Jeopardies. Are we going to make the cut? I think he's. I think he's making the team from what we've seen so far.
0: I, I think you're probably right. I, I definitely think you're uh, you're right. And the other thing was Armand St. Brown, uh, one of their wide receivers. Uh, his second year now. Second year wide receiver. He has got a chip on his shoulder, hasn't he? He was. He's. He was, 16th drafted wide receiver last year, and he, he was was uh, demonstrating Naming how he all can of name them. and <laughs> their schools. All of all all 15 that went before him and their schools.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a Tom Brady Brady style chip on his shoulder. It was yeah, interesting. Time. You could, I mean, the section with him being trained by his dad, and his dad was a bit too old school for me in in terms oh, of. Yeah,
0: I didn't like that. Yeah, well, <laughs> not. My I liked kind of. some
1: of it, yeah. uh, but. But the idea of, you know, there was a little reference to, to, to drinking too much water and it's like, No, 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 hydration is a thing. We know sports yeah, exactly. science now. Yeah. So, you know, that side of things is not so great. But you know, the kind of um being trained and the toughness and that mindset, you can totally see you can mm-hmm. see why he started
0: to break through at the end of last season for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um Dan Campbell again showed why he's absolutely the kind of coach I, I think I would thrive under. I think I don't know I don't know he's so encouraging. I think he, I think he makes every season sort of make everyone feel like they're, they're the best in the world, which I think is what, what, you, what you want, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, my concern, it's interesting. Uh, th- th- one of the criticisms, not so much of Hard Knocks, but of just this, of, of the coaching set up in Detroit, is yeah. that um, I've heard is that, um, that, that co- good coaches need to be good teachers and that the rah-rah stuff only gets you so far. Now, the problem is that highly detailed teaching points – struggles to televise because A, it's not the thing that grabs you, whereas the rah stuff does. Mm. And B, it's very hard to go into those details without giving away their coaching secrets, which the Lions aren't going to want to do. Of course, so yeah. it- so although we're getting an insight I'm never totally sure particularly in this kind of real time thing how much of an insight we're getting yeah. and so I love a lot of the motivational stuff but I do have some sympathy for you know you've got to stay engaged and keep refreshing the message and, and sort of when you had green the defensive coordinator talking about we need to keep winning we need to stop what happened you know it, the fact that he had it last year it's like is it going to have an impact now it's very interesting that they won their preseason game this week and I never read too much into preseason and we can talk back when we've done the season previews, but yeah. but you know, I, I'm more inclined to think to judge the coaching team after the season, or at least in the midpoint, and we see how they build on, on, on what's what's happened previously. But it's certainly highly entertaining television. And, and I feel yeah. like I would want want to work with that teaching, you know, but get coached by that team. As long as when I came in for the detailed nuances of what I need and where I need to put this half foot and that, I'm getting the answers I need. It, that but, was yeah. there as well, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that was that was kind of all the notes I had. What did what did you what did you think of the episode?
1: I, I think we've covered what I wanted to do <laughs> in, in my reaction to you, which honestly I think is the best way to cover Hard Knocks because I. Uh, I, I, I want to say I love it as much as you I just don't think it's possible
0: <laughs> I, I really love hard knocks that
1: no no really and is... I mean this with this is this is with full respect I do not yeah. mean this
0: nastily <laughs> I know you say that I didn't watch it I didn't watch the the there was one there was a mid season one wasn't there was it on the Colts last year
1: yeah and I, I haven't found it.
0: it either so I, I would have loved to have, go, loved to have, have seen back. that yeah I might yeah. have to go back and watch it yeah we'll see anyway indeed let, let's do some previews <laughs> Right, it's time to uh, have a look at some uh, more divisions. We covered the uh, East and the West sections of the AFC last week. It's time for the North and the South. So uh, we're starting in the North, AFC North, um, and we're going to start with your team, G. We start with the Bengals. Last year, um, obviously runners up in the uh, in the Super Bowl to the LA Rams, um, topped the AFC North uh, with a, a record of ten and seven. Um, what uh, I mean I'm gonna I'm just gonna throw this over to you. What What do you think the uh, the you're looking at for uh, for, next, for, the, for this upcoming season? What's your What's your feelings?
1: My feeling is that partly the answer to that is going to be um, what is the offense's response to the response, which I think is something I've talked to you about before. So I apologize, yeah. but it's it's one of my running themes because. The offense worked really well last year, I think, in part because people hadn't fully adjusted to just how good Jamar Chase was. Yeah, and that yeah. began to change in the playoffs. And so I think the really important thing is that the offensive line plays better. I'm not saying it has to be well being because Borough is really, really good. But the answer can't be just throw the ball up to Jamar Chase going deep mm. because... Teams are going to be much more prepared in how to shut that option down. And so we're going to have to function in other ways. Now I but, liked yeah. some of the um offseason moves because they weren't big, we're going to get the high price free agent moves. They were we're going to get Good players because the important thing when the offensive line is more the cohesion and not having bad players than it's necessarily going out and spending all the money for the best players in free agency, particularly as the best offensive linemen very rarely make free agency. Yeah. So I think it's a combination of how that offense. Um, adjusts to how we're getting going to get played this season, and how good the defense can be, because defense is, tends to be more variable year to year than than offense was. And I think the Bengals' defense, particularly later in the year, was kind of underrated. So we should just have to see how good they can be. Although I have to say, the first round pick safety, who's been getting all the starts in preseason, is looking kind of tasty, and with. Um, with us finally getting the re-sign of uh, um, jesse bates him signing his franchise tag it was always all the scuttlebutt was that he was coming back um that he just wanted to not go through all of training camp and put that risk on him for one year but 30 million dollars is 30 million dollars and he was going to come back and play so i am hopeful that they're going to be competitive Uh, you know me i'm not just going to predict that um we're <laughs> going to go back to the super bowl but i think we're going to be there or thereabouts um and in burrow we trust i'm not totally sold on zach taylor but i'll know more at the end of this season because i think he's done a great job of pulling the locker room together and genuinely i think he's really done that i'd like a bit more faith in him and your offensive coordinators tactical adjustments and seeing how that goes because it's been it was very set last year, so let's see how that develops develops this year as, as Burrow finally gets a relatively normal off season. Although we know that that's been adjusted, so I don't know if you want to go into that.
0: Um, what Burrow's off season? Well, yeah, I suppose the, the, it's the appendectomy, isn't it? So he's he's had a uh, he's had an off season appendectomy, um, which is better than an in season appendectomy, I suppose.
1: Yes, I mean the problem is that um, him being a football player, his actually did rupture he was struggling right, right, okay. with it and just thought it was uncomfortable so the, the combat was a little delayed because it took more than your keyhole if they got it out earlier yeah, um yeah. to recover so he lost a fair bit of weight but everybody's saying he's looking good in training it's hard to tell because I haven't seen him in preseason, and honestly, I don't think so. Uh, uh, Zach Taylor seems to very much believe it, that it's better for the starters to um, get their work in practice, and he'd rather have them doing the shared practice um, reps in a controlled environment against another team than actually putting them out in the preseason. It seems yeah. so. I'm not sure we'll see him, but I'm pretty certain that come week one, he'll look good from what
0: from the buzz I've heard. Yeah, he's going to be back for week one, isn't he? By some yeah. so that's good. Um moving on to the Steelers. Uh they came second in the AFC North last year and they lost in the wild card game to uh, Kansas City Chiefs uh, in a quite one-sided 21-42 game. Um they are I mean it's difficult to know how they're going to do next year. I mean they they're obviously without Beb, uh, Ben Roethlisberger who's who's retired. Um it looks like Kenny Pickett who who was drafted in the first round is going to be their starting quarterback over the likes of Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky. Um, what, what? What do you th- do? You think it's too soon? I th- I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna answer my end question about whether it's too soon. It's. I suppose they've got a, they've got a balance on their hands of it being too soon, and oh dear, we're 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 left stuck with Mason Rudolph and Mitch Trubisky.
1: Okay, I have two words for you that are going to sum up my thoughts on the Steelers. Go on, Mike and Tomlin. Yeah. <laughs> I have so much respect for I him. Know,
0: I know you're a big fan, yeah.
1: The Stators are going to be competitive because they are always competitive. Now, it's interesting you talking about that Kenny Pickett looks like he might be starting. I've not heard that. What I've been heard is that Mitch Trubisky is likely to be the starter, but that people have been impressed already by how um, Kenny Pickett is has sped up his process. And so I might expect him to make the start at some point because we know that... that um, first round quarterbacks don't sit that often, but I think you've got TJ Watt. That defense coming back together. I just have so much faith in in Tomlin and the fact that um, that their offensive coordinator Matt Canada is actually going to be able to coach how he would normally do because he has has a quarterback that isn't um, Ben Roethlisberger, and so he will use some of the play action RPO the stuff that Ben Roethlisberger. Didn't slash couldn't do anymore. So, so I just think, yeah, I think I, I'm not saying they'll definitely make the playoffs, but I expect them to be competitive, and it would not surprise me at all. I
0: mean, they'll be they there or thereabouts, I think, won't they? Yeah, I mean,
1: I, Tomlin hasn't had a losing season yet. It's it's not. I, I have so much faith in the infrastructure and and, and the roster there. Well, and they've got Brian Flores on the staff. They,
0: I was about to say that. I think uh, them, them bringing Brian, Brian Flores is, is, is not I a I think that's
1: a great a move. Bad move. I hate yeah. it, but I think it's a fantastic <laughs> move, and I'm just annoyed that, that the Bengals didn't do it.
0: Yes. Well, that's yeah, that's fair enough. Um, third in the AFC North last year and um, eight and nine were the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they missed out on the playoffs this year. Um, obviously, they, well, I mean, Deshaun Watson, we've spoke about already, is, uh, is, is going to be out for... 11 games, which means they're going to be starting Jacoby Brissett for at least that, that amount of time, backed up by uh, Josh Rosen, so two two former Dolphins there. Um, it, is Jacoby Brissett good enough to lead a team? I'm sceptical, having seen him last year.
1: I think from everything I've seen, because we've seen him at a couple of stops, I think he's a good team player. I think he's a useful backup. I think... If they'd got what they were expecting, like six games negotiated down to four or something, they'd have been perfectly fine with him. I think 11, it's a problem.
0: Mm. Yeah, I I tend to agree, to be honest. He he was not... He just just wasn't... Obviously, he was at at the Dolphins last year, and he just... I mean, for a game or two, he looked all right, but I wouldn't have wanted him in for any longer than that.
1: I have a lot... Of respect for Kevin Stefanski, and i, I up till basically the off season, I'd have said the same for Andrew Barry, and I thought it was all coming together uh, pretty well. I have a feeling that um, it's um, Jimmy Haslam that's the driver of the Watson situation, yeah. and I'm not sure how easy it would have been for Stefanski and Barry to say, "Absolutely not over my dead body." Mm. That would have been my response, and so I have real questions because they didn't do any legit work. They've taken a risk because they think it's worked out, and the worst thing is that it, it, you know, this season might well be a wash, and they still feel, yeah, we got a quarterback that we had no other chance of getting it. It was worth worth the thing, and I think that sends a terrible message. And honestly, right now, I'm hoping it all falls apart for multiple seasons, unless you know Watson actually does the work and starts looking like like he. He does that like he's actually acknowledging and moving on. And the reason I mention that is because I find it really difficult because there are lots of players that um that I have a lot of respect for, that I think are good, who had nothing to do with this decision, and I think it's very hard of them um, in that situation. But maybe someone like Garrett, go actually, no, we do have a problem with this, but they haven't. So I can't. I, I kind of wish, without anything career-ending, just more losing and more losing and more losing until I see a better message coming
0: out. Um, do, you think, do you think Amari Cooper's regretting his decision to uh, to move from the Raiders?
1: I would be, but I don't know if he had the conversation about Watson. Maybe he was attracted by that c- caliber of quarterback. It's really hard to know. No, so, but, but I think it's distinctly possible. Brissett.
0: Yeah, maybe, maybe he really likes Jacoby Brissett and thought he was the, the, the quarterback of the future. <laughs> it's very hard I to wanna, put
1: ourselves in, 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 I in, you know, in, in the head of these players without them explicitly commenting. So it's hard to speculate. But yeah, I, I feel like there is... A, I'm not saying it will be because I have a lot of respect to Stefanski as a coach. So I think they're likely to remain competitive. But I've, I can't see him getting to the playoffs with, with this. It'll be a hell of a coaching job if they manage it and I can't possibly root for it.
0: Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. Um, so do you, do you do you think this this is going to be a, just a mess of a season for them? Then it sounds like you do.
1: <laughs> I I think Stefanski might be too good of a coach for it to be a complete mess. But I'd be surprised if he can keep them in the hunt for the playoffs through eleven games with Brissett as their quarterback.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right.
1: And I'm not sure how good Watson's going to be. He's already not looked great in the bit limited things of pre season. He hasn't played football regularly for a long time now. And he's not allowed to train basically from now until like a few weeks before his comeback. And he's not going to get reps with the one at that point because I still need to prepare Brissett for the games. games. So, um, yeah, there's nothing to say that he's going to come in week 12 and look good. Mm,
0: I agree. I agree. Um, And I hope he doesn't. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the uh the fourth place team in the uh, in the division was the baltimore ravens uh at eight and nine they obviously missed the playoffs they had a bit of a disappointing season for them didn't they 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 I mean they they kind of fell apart at the end um week nine they were at six and two and then they they went and lost seven of their last nine games uh, including all of their last six um and ended up obviously on eight and nine um just a bit of an off season for them really wasn't it They were so injured.
1: They were just so injured. And and to be honest, that still affected him because they're still having players coming back. So you look at the draft, you look at this team, okay, we've had a change in GM, but it's still, it's the same ideas. It's the same coaching staff. Um, I'm surprised Lamar Jackson still hasn't got the contract sorted. But apart from that, yeah. Yeah, the Ravens are going to be better. I'll be interested to see... If they can finally answer the the passing game questions, that I think is a genuine query about um, yeah. a, a Jackson, because I think the way they truly, truly take the next step and get to the Super Bowl is for Jackson to be able to fall back on a passing down and operate, which he just hasn't quite found a way to do yet. No, but. There's nothing to say that he won't, because he's, you know, been in and working this off season. It's a very strong roster. It's a well-run franchise. There's a reason why the AFC North is likely to be very incredibly um, competitive again this season, and, and part of that is just that the Ravens and the Steelers are good every year.
0: I mean, it is every season at the minute, isn't it? That that division. Yeah. It's a it's a very strong division. The Ravens have got when you look at. I mean, you look at their roster. They've got a very strong roster. Yeah. Um like you say, they were just they were just got just got very unlucky last year with, with injuries. You can you can question whether teams have kind of figured out limiting Lamar Jackson a little bit, but he's still Uh, an incredible quarterback it's really
1: it's only those top level playoff calibre teams with the right defence that can get him into you know third and long passing situations where he has problems it's not like the league's worked him out it's just that's the next thing he has to do in the playoffs because that's the limiting factor but otherwise they'll be there or thereabouts come end of the
0: season definitely competitive division (laughs) Right, we're heading south, let's have a look at the uh, AFC South, and we'll start uh, with the team who uh, finished top of that division last year. It was the, uh, the Tennessee Titans. Um, they finished twelve and five. They lost in the divisional round to the to uh, to the Bengals, uh, as I'm sure you remember. G uh, sixteen <laughs> nineteen. Um, I'm never. I'm not really sure what to think of the Titans. That's a reasonable thing to worry about i
1: think particularly since arthur smith left as offensive coordinator so i had a lot more faith in them when he was there they i think they took like half a step back last season but i have such faith in mike vrabel that i really think he's a good head coach and i think he makes the good head coaching decisions usually but i think it's very risky to um have traded aj brown and relying on a rookie to replace him you know the yeah, julio very. jones thing um i'm sorry for all the name recognition he's a different player um he's not the julio jones as we know and love much like aj right. green isn't the same aj green that i know and love from the bengals but that trade of aj brown and the drafting that is a big call one of those receivers has to hit um and they need a little bit more success on offensive line because Derek Henry is not amazing and he damn near carries the offense himself. Um, last season was like the first time that he got, he picked up an injury and he wasn't available for a stretch. I expect them to be competitive, but I just feel like with, with trading the way, the likes of AJ Brown, I just feel like they've taken half a step backwards. I did like that. Tannehill had you know has been taught, working with a sports psychologist and working through basically getting over his performance in that game and and what happened and to be honest there is an argument to say that given the pass rush and what they did to the bengals that they were unlucky to lose that playoff game so in the afc south i expect them to be competitive again but i wouldn't it would not surprise me if they didn't live up to 12 games i think Competing for the playoffs, yes. I I kind of feel like they've taken a step back from twelve wins, though.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you, you mentioned Eric Henry. Uh, they they uh, even though he was out for a, a portion of the of the season last year, they they still they rushed on forty nine percent of their event, offensive plays, which is above above the league, league average of forty two. So
1: much of what Ryan Tannehill does well is based on play action. That even yeah. without the threat of Derrick Henry, they want to run first. Now I think if you've not got Derrick Henry, but you do you do the same amount of play action, but you do you you do basically you pass more out of it on first down when you haven't got Derrick Henry to run the ball effectively. And in fact, I'm not sure that they shouldn't do that more in the first half, and then as the game goes on and Derrick Henry's worn them round down, you start letting him run because if you look at where he has his success, he is one of those backs that picks up strength as he wears down the defense and I think I feel like you could adjust the slider a little bit more to be a bit more pass happy on first and second down but you know we're tweaks here um but he's an incredible player and I think I think that's that's the limitation of their offense is that I don't think it's it's in a different manner but I think Tanner Hill is another quarterback who you don't win because of because if it's drop back passing down he's not someone who can just go back and assess assess the defense and lead them that way. And there aren't that many quarterbacks, and he, you know, it, but it feels like he's been in the league long enough that he's not going to get to that. Whereas with Tua, I don't think he's that quarterback. But I feel like if he can get through another couple of seasons, he might develop into that. Does that make sense? Oh,
0: yeah, it does. You don't have to tell me that Ryan Tannehill ain't a, ain't a player that wins you the game that you win because <laughs> of. I'm a, yeah. as a Dolphins fan who put up with him for however many years he was in he was in Miami. You don't have to tell me that.
1: Yeah, except for if you look at the way Arthur Smith used him and he transformed for the Titans, I feel like part of that was the coaching he got. Oh, um, there was I, definitely
0: a bit of that, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I, I right. Do I need to say the words Adam and Gase?
0: Oh, please don't.
1: <laughs> Shall we move on?
0: Yes, please, let's do that. Uh, Indianapolis Colts came second. Uh, they were 9-8 uh, and eight, uh, last year. They missed the playoffs. Only one team made the playoffs out of this uh, this division last year. Um so Carson Wentz was their starting quarterback last year. He's now gone to the Commanders. Uh, he's been replaced with uh, Matt Ryan from Atlanta. That's a that's a decent upgrade.
1: I sneakily like um, the Colts this season. I think that Matt Ryan is is really quite a big upgrade. Uh, he's not like at the height of his powers when he's got an MVP, but he is a former MVP, yeah. and he is a quality professional quarterback, an actual starter. And I feel like Frank Reich having all in for Carson Wentz, thinking that he could fix him and then couldn't, despite what he, what Reich and, and, and Wentz managed in Philadelphia, I think giving him Matt Ryan makes them competitive. I don't think that... Um, this is a long-term solution and that does worry me a little bit, but I think this is, this is a much better short-term solution than what they had last year in Wentz, And is I think you, you can expect at least similar results as to what Philip Rivers did and possibly a bit better because although Matt Ryan Ryan's 37, he's always been a pocket passer. Um, and so um, I feel like he'll be able to operate behind this line very well. And barring injury curses, I, I think there'll be playoff contention and, and doing well this season. i they're they're one of my sneaky likes. I have a lot of time for Frank Reich as
0: head coach. <laughs> well, I certainly like to think so. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think they're a decent team. You've obviously got jo- Jonathan Taylor is is sort of the star of the show there. He's he he was even better last year than he was in his rookie season. That running back, um, he's a he's a great talent. He's gonna be. I think he's gonna be good for years. Um, so yeah, I think they've got it. They've got a good basis there.
1: Yeah, and I I just think with Matt Ryan operating as quarterback, you you're, you're gonna have a much more pre- precise passing game. It, yeah. It's just yeah. I, I just feel like the team are going to be better. The defense continues to be good. There are some questions about the style that they play. Um but but I, I love I want to say Darius Leonard, except i I think I've heard him talk about name change, so I need to double check because I think he might be asking to be called Shaq Leonard now. So I need to look it up. Um okay. but but he is he's one of the as we're moving away from your certainly from your old style middle linebacker, like your Brian Urlacher, your, um, help me your court, your linebacker, that you're still upset about that. He doesn't make the Hall of fame. Sorry. Zach Thomas. Yes, exactly. That style middle linebacker. Um, and, but, but, um, Darius Leonard is so good at, at, at being that drop, um, Tampa two style system and such a good player uh, that um, I, I think they'll be there or thereabouts. So yeah, I, like as I've said, I like the Colts. I think they will definitely be competitive this season. Yeah.
0: yeah I, think, I think you're right. Um, Texans came third. Uh, they were four and 13. So quite a serious drop off of the uh, top two. Um, they, they were, they had a, a, a pretty poor season last year. Um, obviously David Culley it was his first uh, year in as head coach. Um, they were they they were forced to start David Mills for most of the season. Obviously, with with the whole Deshaun Watson sitting out thing, um, and they it's something of they haven't strengthened in the off season. So they obviously they obviously either like him or haven't got the resources to to move on from him.
1: Yeah, um, they they like him. They actually think they found something there, and they are not the only people I have heard. Um, quality um, commentators, and I'm just blanking on names or otherwise I, I'll be giving them to you. Um, and I feel bad <laughs> about that. I'm uh, um, saying that actually, yeah, he was one of the better rookie starters last season uh, that he looks like, a, you know, he's a good old sc- old style uh, pocket passer. And whilst he's not there yet, he could well be, I mean, let's not forget. This is a team who have um, also in the Watson mess um, had fines and yeah, yeah. Uh, it, you know, solved things out of court. But also, they had a terrible team last season. So I feel very sorry for David Cully that, you know, he got handed that platter, got one year, and got fired. And it's interesting that they ended up with Lovey Smith, who I've always found it strange that he's not had. Uh, another chance as a head coach for a while and I don't feel like he's necessarily going to get much more of a shake this time so I'll be very interested to see how they do. I think it's always been a long-term rebuild because of the mess that O'Brien made previously when he was trading away all the future yeah, draft yeah. picks so yeah. um, I will be thank very, very interested got, and possibly we a little bit surprised if, if Smith is still the head coach going into next season.
0: Yeah, Thank you to uh, Bill O'Brien because we were on the receiving end of a lot of those uh, draft picks so <laughs> That's uh, fine by me. Um, yeah, I mean they they haven't got many sort of targets and tools and, and standout players. Brandon Cooks um, last year received more than twice the amount of, of yards than, than the second wide receiver Nico Collins. Um, I just don't. They haven't got much depth in that team, have they? And got. The, I don't think they've got much strength.
1: No. Because they didn't have the draft picks, they yeah, basically were, yeah. were getting getting short-term competent starters but they could yeah. put around what young players they could get because of their limited draft picks so that they could evaluate people they wanted good enough to know whether Davis Mills, Mills was a player and then start working around, around the others. So I think it's going to be another season of evaluation, see who we can develop, and we just keep building until yeah. we get in a position to um, either go, hey, we've got the competitive advantage because we've got this low draft, low round drafted quarterback and we can put x players around him or we need to make a move in a draft like next year when there's some talk of some really good quarterbacks coming out yeah
0: um Jacksonville Jaguars finishing off the, uh, the the previews uh, Jacksonville Jaguars uh, finished fourth on uh, 3 and 14 um it was a it was a funny old season for them wasn't it obviously they had Trevor Lawrence um as as first pick in the, in the draft um he's their uh, their quarterback now didn't fire on all cylinders, but again, we, we, you know, we've we've mentioned before about the the difficulty in starting quarterbacks straight straight off straight off the draft.
1: I think a lot of times teams have been better. It's there's an interesting discussion to be had about whether it's better to build your team so it's ready and then drop in a rookie quarterback of the right stature, or yeah. if you've got the opportunity, you just take it and build around him in a manner. I think the biggest problem last season was that Urban Meyer was just not. Qualify to be an NFL head coach it was an absolute dumpster fire last year to borrow the American term um and I can't help but feel that Trevor Lawrence will just have an easier year on the grounds that he has Doug Peterson who did a very good job with the Eagles um and is a competent coach I you know I do wonder when the brain drain happened after the Super Bowl win um um, I don't think the Eagles were quite the same, but they were still always competitive. And let's not forget that Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl against Bill Belichick, starting exactly. Nick Foles at quarterback. So no, I, I mean, think th- as long as they give him time, theoretically it should work out, except for I'm still slightly surprised that Trent Bulky is still the GM after all the ups and downs and the number of actual winning seasons and playoff seasons that he's managed to give this team whilst GM so um I think they will be better but I still have my concerns although it might be that Peterson and him if they have a better working relationship and a clear idea of what players he's after they might improve but um it's not a franchise that's been given to stability and give you much faith but you know we shall see
0: um one stat that I came across when I was Sort of do it putting this together was uh, which absolutely floored me um last year they got a total on defense they got a, a total of 9 defensive turnovers the league average was 22
1: i mean they were just bad across the board um, that, I, they, the,
0: I, I knew they were bad but that is that just
1: yeah felt it does feel spectacular doesn't, doesn't
0: it? it yeah i think they i think they've got they're obviously they're obviously you know in in rebuild mode uh um, yeah they've got they a lot can't
1: of fail they they literally can't fail to be better than last season no whether exactly, they yeah. can get competitive i don't know even if they don't necessarily build on the number of wins they can yeah. be a better team i would imagine they'll win a couple more but I, I just I, I do have faith in, in in doug peterson i just it's a big job so i'm not sure right. how quickly he'll turn it around
0: but, yeah, um, I think I think it's too early to, to kind of say you know, they're still like I say, they're still in rebuild mode. they yeah. still will be for another year or two before they before yeah. they're ready to start properly competing, I think. Um so I think I think for them, like you say, it's just a case of you know coming out of out of the season as a better team and and you know, maybe if they can pick up a couple of a couple more wins this year.
1: Yeah, but but you're looking at Mike Caldwell as defensive coordinator, it's interesting that Jim pub Bob Cooter, an old favorite from um, the Cowboys' days, has popped up as passing game coordinator and, yeah. uh, and Press Taylor as defensive coordinator. It, you start looking at it and it, it feels like an NFL staff again. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we shall see.
0: One to keep an eye on. One to keep an eye on. Hey, Dan, it's a hardcore legend, Mick Foley, and I think everyone out there ought to know about your podcast, The Wrong Football on iTunes. Right, it's so time for uh, G's preseason ponderings. He's, uh, he's, he's He's been uh, been watching a lot more uh, off season pre-season football than I have, so uh, yeah, I thought I'd give G a little uh, a little I don't know what, what do you call it a little a, a little somewhere to, to to vent and talk about what uh, what he's seen uh, this week in in preseason football. I think you're watching the the Bengals, the Lions, and the Panthers this year specifically. Um, what have you seen? What have you What have you liked? What have you not liked?
1: I think it's... I've been always a, a bit of a defender of preseason football because everybody says it doesn't matter, but it really does for those um, players deeper in the roster who are trying to make the squad. Now, I've heard some people say that also we're talking about two or three positions and most of it you know, but yeah. I feel like with the um, the deeper... A practice squad these days that I'm not sure that's as true as it once was the reason i what I always watch the Bengals because I pretty much watch every snap of the Bengals every year I always watch the hard knocks team hence the Lions the Panthers I selected because I was curious about the quarterback battle between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold but I've kind of been frustrated by this trend of we've already gone down to one from four games to three and I used to have a feel for the four games and we could talk about who was playing what and when the starters would play and what was the dress yeah. rehearsal and then what was the, the bottom of the roster fighting for the last, last slots. But with this move that everybody seems to feel like we're not going to start the starters, we just want to get them healthy. In fact, we prefer these mixed practices which have started up much more regularly because that allows us to work our first team players against first team players of another team so we'll get that test but we can do it in a controlled circumstances so so in practice it's safer than doing in the games you're just not getting as much out of it I mean the most hilarious thing was um two Bengals guards pulling on the same play this
0: week and running into each other yeah you texted Um, me about that yesterday Uh, that's that's not good at any point in the season is it no
1: but but it's interesting that sort of like my my idea for the camp competition for the Panthers fell down because I got like a quarter of Mayfield, a quarter of Darnold, and then that was it. The, the decision was made, uh, pretty much announced yeah. this week. And in the meantime, uh, um, neither of them played played this this week against the. Um, the, uh, damn it, I can't remember who they're playing. It wasn't the Colts, it was somebody else. But it, it's the, um, it's just, it's not quite. I feel like this new change is almost a bit of a disservice. It's doing its job, but it's harder unless you're really tied in to the teams. And that's the level of detail you get grumpy with me if I try and take it into to about roster batters. So I, I, I feel like these days it's even more of, unless you're watching Hard Knocks or following closely your team's media at a particular site so you're aware of who the roster battles are it's much harder to see who's who's going on important as these games are still for the players
0: yeah I mean the the other I suppose the other difference is uh, over the last couple of years they've now cut down as, as kind of started in in started earlier and they've, they've started you know they have to go down to I can't remember the exact figures but about last week they were they were cutting the cutting down this week they've done a second cut and then the final cut is kind of after after game three, isn't it?
1: See, that's pretty much what they did against four games. But I, and maybe it's just that I haven't I d- I adjusted to three. I didn't feel and- like they did
0: that as much. I thought they, I th- I. I I I promise you they used
1: to step it down. I could have back in the day I could have stepped you through the four games, but I think by the time we had no preseason because of COVID, and then we've had the new CBA and we've come back, but it's now free. I'm just lost. It's too many seasons. The transition was kind of weird because of that no preseason year, and it's just flummoxed me. I've not got a handle on this at all. And I think (laughs) that because you're not seeing any of the starters, that's just only further confusing who you're seeing and what you're going. It's always easier to spot a pass rusher, a running back, or somebody on special teams flashing. Rather than trying to follow an offensive line battle, because you can't do that without coaching tape.
0: Um, so we're, we're about to hit the the, the third and final game um, taking place this weekend. Um, what are you what are you particularly looking out for in the games that you're watching?
1: Honestly, I, I will be looking to see if anybody stands out on those three games and, and survives and makes the cut either to a practice squad or a team. And, and I, I don't think I can go into games with expectations. It's really just a case of um, following up. And saying, seeing if any names click and go. You know what? They look pretty good. Like I'm not sure that the third quarterback for the um, Panthers isn't actually better, playing better than Sam Darnold. I'm not saying they're going to cut Darnold, but I feel like um, uh, I feel like honestly, like the third string rookie, and I'm banking on his name is is as played as impressed me more in the game time that I've seen him in, seen him in this preseason than Darnold has. And honestly, it, it, from the second quarter when I got to see one quarter of Baker versus Donald, I knew who was going to be the starter there. Mm,
0: it's uh, yeah, I, I think I think uh, I mean, given if, if I was given the choice of Darnold Don, or, or Baker Mayfield, I'm not sure it'd be a difficult decision for me. But no, but trust we'll you, you could see really
1: quickly on the field as well. <laughs>
0: yeah, okay, fair enough. Well, one more game left, so enjoy, and we'll uh, we well, I'm sure you will talk about it next week. Indeed, we will.
1: I squeaked today.
0: Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Jew will uh, be back next week on his own, uh, as I'm uh, off pretending to be a zebra. Um But if it's uh, anything like his, uh, his solo pod last year, it's going to be a a uh, good listen. Uh, if you like what you've heard, uh, let us know by subscribing, maybe even uh, liking and leaving a yeah, little five star review through whatever medium you procure your podcast. That way, uh, you'll make sure that you uh, you don't miss any of our pre season preview episodes. All our regular season episodes once the, uh, the season gets back up and running in a couple of weeks. Uh, if you've got a question or something you want us to uh, to discuss next week, uh, get in touch. I'm at Dan on Twitter uh, and G is at WrongFootball. Have a great week and uh, G, we'll see you again next time. I'm so sorry everyone.